Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Activate, a podcast consisting of purposeful conversations aimed at encouraging listeners to embrace both the beauty and the chaos of life. Through laughter, tears, and brutally honest confessions, each episode will culminate with a call to action, offering tangible ways for listeners to not only strive for, but to become the best version of themselves. We are so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Let's do this. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? Well, Joe just decided that we're going to go, hey, hey now. Hey, hey now. I like it too. It got weird first. <laughs> How's it going? I think it's good. It's good. Yeah. Except that stinky smell. Oh, God. What is what that? What did you do? I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I got here, I was quite certain that they're hunting in the back four hundred. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Not the back 40. It's possible there's some turkey hunting going on around here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the smell is in the... Yeah. I don't know. The studio was fine, and then we opened that <laughs> door right there, and now there's I opened something the door. horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> Crept in. Oh, Joe's Yeesh. got a green face. Ugh. He's like the green emoji. Can't blame him. That's why he's like, hey, hey. <laughs> now. <laughs> hey, hey, now. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. So, we have a, a visitor. We do. We have a, a very... Yeah, our first call-in. Yes. We'll see how this goes. Fingers crossed. We're looking at you, Joe. Make it happen. Joe's got it. All right. So today we have a very special guest. Her name is Teresa Thomas, but goes by Terry. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was born and raised in the small Midwestern town of Oregon, Wisconsin. She is a domestic abuse survivor, educator, and entrepreneur, and a strong believer that there's no testimony without a test. Teresa is an instructor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and has worked in the field of social work most of her life, where she reviews child abuse and neglect cases for the state of Wisconsin. Today, Teresa is happily married, raising two beautiful daughters, and is featured in a newly released book called Breakthrough. Yes. Very exciting stuff. Very exciting. So excited to have her here. Yeah. So um, I think this is a topic the two of us can relate to quite well so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited to talk to her yeah stay tuned all right hey terry how's it going going well how are you i'm so good super excited to have you on well thank you for having me this is Kristen. hi terry <laughs> hello and Joe's here too. Joe's our editing guy. Hi, Joe. Thank you. He's giving you the nod. Sometimes we <laughs> let sometimes we let him talk, and sometimes we don't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, awesome. So um, we have known each other for about ten years, and yep. um, I'm super excited because one of the things that I love the most about you is that you know we were always trying to inspire people to do better and I think where we come from not a lot of people are in love with that or like appreciate that I kind of feel like and so we've just always had each other's back you know when there's been doubt or people that wanted to like you know knock us down in, in our mission and so we've always been super supportive of each other and so now you've um you wrote a book and we're going to talk about that today and yeah. ironically enough, when I reached out to you the other day to see, we had talked about you coming on either way, 
Um, but when I reached out, then like three hours later, I w- saw on your Facebook that you finally had the copy in hand. And I was like, oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. Like, what are the odds of that? <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, it's crazy how life works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not we're not prophets in our own land. So exactly. You know, <laughs> he makes all those exciting little it was like, oh, there's another God wink. Yeah. <laughs> what are the yep. odds? Okay, cool. So what's, let's just go ahead and jump right in. Um, go ahead and, and tell us, I guess, if you want to, the name of the book, the point of the book, and let's just kind of just sure. get started. Okay. Uh, so the background of the book, well, the name of the book is Breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so a little bit about me. Um, I was 16 years old. So about 25 years ago, I got into a relationship um, I thought I loved him, uh, but it quickly turned into severe emotional and physical abuse. Um, didn't even know what the term domestic violence at that point meant. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my brain was still developing. So, I mean, I was living with my parents, but still I was mentally fixated on him. And uh, I would spend every waking moment with him. Um, and then we ended up moving in together, uh, and the violence just escalated. Uh, he went to jail several times. Um, he broke my nose twice, he Mm. sprained my arm, and I still went back to him with a sprained arm. Um, we moved from apartment to apartment, and then, um, after two and a half years, I finally, something just clicked in my head that I had to leave, otherwise I was going to die. Yeah. So that's, that's a, that's a quick, that's a very quick version of my story. Mm -hmm. Um, and so over the last 25 years, um, I... I then after that, uh, you know, I was selling drugs, doing drugs, went from ba- one bad relationship to the next. I ended up testifying against um, him, and he received five years in prison. And uh, but my life, <laughs> my life didn't get any better um, mm-hmm. until until it was uh, 1997 when I had my first. Uh, jaz- I had Jasmine, mm-hmm. um, and then I decided I was working at this place it was it was uh, I was working in customer service making probably six or seven dollars an hour and uh, I was looking around at the women I was and I was thinking to myself this can't be my life mm-hmm. I was in track I was a you know I was an all-star athlete I was in track I was on varsity we went to state I was you know a 3.7 3.8 student but um, my ex wouldn't allow me to go to college so I thought I got to get out of here um, so I took two classes downtown. There's a, a local college here called Madison Area Technical College. Been there I a took few a couple, times. <laughs> <laughs> I took a couple of classes and fell in love with it. And then uh, I switched. So I went from full-time to part-time work at uh, the place I was working at. And then switched to full-time school at Madison College. Mm-hmm. And then after a year... We um, we moved to Section 8 housing. Um, my house, actually, where I was living, um, got burned down. And so Jasmine was about eight months at that time while I was in college. And so Section 8 kind of put us to the top of the waiting list, mm-hmm. got, into, got into there, and it was close to UW-Madison. So I switched over to – I transferred from – the local college to the top 10 university mm-hmm. um, about, wow. after a year, about after a year or so. And then 
I was going there full time while also being a single parent with Jasmine. Yeah. Um, so was doing that for a few years. I got my bachelor's in human development and family studies and then criminal justice. I actually worked at a halfway house for, um, I was an intern there and then worked there for 11 years. And I thought to myself, I could have been that person on the other side. I could have been mm-hmm. in prison because not only was I doing drugs and selling drugs, I was bringing drugs into the prison system for an ex, another ex-boyfriend that was in the mm. prison system. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so during that time I was at co- I was going to college. Uh, by this time it was 2000, 2001, um, graduated in 2003 with my bachelor's and decided to continue on because I just thought if I take another break, could be, my bachelor's is human development and family studies and I didn't want to get into like child care or daycare. Um, and I didn't want to be a police officer with my certificate of criminal justice. Mm-hmm. So I, I went straight for my master's at UW-Madison, my master's in social work. Jasmine, by that time, was six years old, um, still doing this as a single parent. Um, my And I forgot to tell you, my, my mom, my family, um, back in 1994, when I ended up testifying against my ex, my mom also testified and after court, she told me not to come around anymore. So oh I ended up gosh. being, I ended up being disowned by myself, living in isolation for eight years while I was going through all of this. Oh so, my gosh! Um, so ended up re- reconnecting with my family in 2003 after I graduated with my bachelor's, mm-hmm. um, and now my mom and I were best friends. So uh, yeah, um, so 2005 I graduated with my master's in social work. I met my current husband in 2003 during this time. Uh, one of my colleagues, one of my classmates had hooked us up. But I really didn't get into personal development until I want to say 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. There was a period where after I graduated with my master's, I was just living day to day, investigating child abuse and neglect mm-hmm. um, as a social worker. And I got into... <laughs> It was about t- 2012 where I, my husband and I started a network marketing business, mm-hmm. and um, we sat on the business side for three years and just used the travel part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2015, I decided to go to one of my first trainings. Bradley didn't come with me. My husband didn't come with me. And then a light, another light bulb clicked and decided to dive into personal development. And from there, we've just... <laughs> I mean, we, we listen to personal development every day. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's 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 a little breakdown of my story. I now teach at the university that I graduated from, and I work at the state, and I review child abuse and neglect cases for the state of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my life in a nutshell. I know. And one thing I wanted to say, <clears throat> so when we were talking yesterday, um, during the time of the domestic violence I asked you I was like well what about your parents you know and so let's talk about that because first of all I just want to say like how crazy that you were going through all of that but still holding such a high GPA and still you know Uh running track and being all varsity and all of that kind of stuff Um, so talk a little bit about that 
So 16, 17 years old. I mean, my, my grades did slip, mm-hmm. uh, but I was still on the high honor roll. I, I, you know, I, I really can't tell you how, how I did it. I, I think I was living a double life at that point, mm-hmm. you know, at, at home in Oregon, Wisconsin, which is about 10 minutes away from Madison. I would, you know, go to school. I mean, there would be times I would skip school to see him. Um, but, I mean, I was, I was still in sports. I was still, you know, doing what I had to do. Um, I wanted to go to college, so I knew I had to get good grades. So there was, there was a part of me in the back of my mind. I, I always knew that I wanted to be something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had this monkey on my back that I couldn't get off. Yeah. How old was he? You were 16? He was, he, he was three years older than me. Okay. Three years older. Yeah. And... Y- so what what you were saying to yesterday was that like your parents worked opposite shifts yep. and yep. you were like, well, you're not going to tell me what to do. So, oh, yeah. <clears throat> so that's probably, I would say that it's safe to assume that it wasn't that your mom wanted to disown you, but she, there was nothing maybe that she could do at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree with that statement. I think that, uh, my mom and I talk about it now, mm-hmm. and she always. I have three other siblings: two yeah. brother, two young, two younger brothers, and an older sister. And so I was the middle child who wanted the attention mm-hmm. that I was craving for, that I may not have got. Mm-hmm. And so I, I rebelled. Mm-hmm. And she said I was a troubled child since I was two years old. So <laughs> you were driven, um, not troubled. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, I relate on so many levels. Um, and that's what I say about AJ. I'm like, he's not naughty. He's driven. (laughs) I like that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to tell her that the next time she says I was troubled. Yes. Yes. You're going to do big things. And you did. Um, another thing that we have in common that I didn't realize is the using and selling of drugs. I've never spoke about that on the pod. (laughs) Um, but not to that extent, but, you know, I bartended for years and years and years and years. And so it was like a no brainer, um, especially where we're from. It's just kind of what happened. So, so I think about all of the time, like how lucky I am that I didn't end up in big trouble and, you know, how lucky I am to be alive from a lot of (laughs) times. Exactly. Count your blessings. Yeah. Yeah. I had the, I had the first offenders program for stealing from a from a former job way mm. back then during that time. Um, my fingerprints are downtown, so you know, just count your blessings. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I another thing during that personal development time when I started personal development, I I realized you know everybody's life is is kind of a story, and they just have to connect their own dots. Yeah, and I think I was just smart enough at that point to connect the dots of okay, well. God didn't put me through hell to do nothing with my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talk about that a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Right. So another thing that I love. Okay. So Megan, I actually reached out to Megan because when you asked if we had known each other, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know the name, but we actually had spoke. <laughs> we're like, we're like, oh. we're like, this was in like August. And we were like, oh my gosh, we totally have to just like connect one day, like whatever. Yes. So. It was super cute. So anyways, <laughs> so she, it's almost um, like she was a ministry for, it's like she knew that your uh-huh. story needed to come out. So let's talk about that a yep. little bit. Sure. Sure. So 
So uh, before before I met Megan, so Bradley, so while we were doing this personal development, he decided to get a whole bunch of pieces of paper, colored pieces of paper, and put all put all these notes around our house that read, um, "Terry's going to write a book. My wife is an author. Um, wow. She's going to she's going to touch um, thousands of people. She's going to affect teenagers." Um, and so I would see these when I would wake up, when I would go to the bathroom, when I would start dinner, when I would go downstairs and do the laundry. And so it subconsciously kind of just penetrated my brain. Mm-hmm. And um, so during that time, I also got connected with Megan from a, from a mutual friend. And we just connected right off the bat. Um, she first, you know, within the first six months, she asked me to go up three hours away to do a, a 5K run with her to support domestic violence in that area um but everything every single time that i would be introduced by her to somebody she would introduce me as hi this is terry my friend terry um she's gone through a lot in her life um she's a survivor of domestic violence terry do you want to share your story (laughs) she kind of got me out of my comfort i wasn't used to having a friend describe me that way and then having me just tell my story mm-hmm. so I really had to get outside of my comfort zone and start sharing my story and because I'm so ashamed for so long I was so ashamed for 25 years mm-hmm. because I, I stayed even when I didn't live with him and I thought to myself what in the why would someone in their right mind do that and so I, I, I the, the reason why I brought up the connecting the dots is because I got my degree in social work that's yeah. not what I wanted to be when I was you know, when I was younger, I didn't want to be a social worker, mm-hmm. um, but I think God connected those dots, yeah. and I realized I learned a lot about human development. I learned a lot, about, a lot about, you know, family systems and domestic violence and child abuse, and I think that made me realize, okay, I need to forgive him. I, I will mm-hmm. never forget what he did to me, but I, I will forgive him because I, I realized what, what he came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she she really connected. We really connected, and that's how she introduced me. So I got outside of my comfort zone when I was sharing my story, and so during that time, I started to kind of just write notes in my in in my iPhone mm-hmm. at late at night or early in the morning, where I knew I could, if I was having a rough time, I could just cry to myself. Yeah. Um. I got I got extreme extreme anxiety last year. Um. And I would go to bed. I would wake up in the middle of the night asking Bradley if he locked the door or, mm-hmm. you know, shut the garage door. And um, Where are you yeah, living? I, got, I, got real, I got really paranoid. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I started writing the story. And, you know, God came into my life um, again and showed up in November of last year. I was just scrolling online. And somebody I know really well, an internationally, you know, known speaker, said that he was looking for authors for a book that he was that he he wanted co-authors with Les Brown one of his friends mm-hmm. um and God so man. I just it was mm-hmm. it was like 11 o'clock at night and it was the day before Thanksgiving and I just submitted some of the notes that I had written in my iPhone oh, wow um and they called or no no the e- they emailed me on Thanksgiving day um and wanted to do an interview on Black Friday. So it, it happened that fast. Nice. I did several interviews that bla- that Black Friday um, of last year, and they decided to choose, they, they chose me as one of the co-authors for the book. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize so, it was that fast. Yeah. How cool. Yeah, it, it took me several, you know, it took me about three years to compile all of these notes that I had to, you know, to write this book. But mm-hmm. 
when it happens, it happens. It just happens so fast. Yeah. Um, I also, again, got goosebumps, and Kristen and I just both were looking at each other like, oh, my gosh, like when you're talking about Bradley and all of, like, him affirming you. That That's so yeah. crazy. So many times, like, when somebody in the relationship is on their personal growth and into personal yep. development and you know taking that forward motion the other one is not um so just you know like yeah. he did that for you and and I obviously know you both and have kind of seen you guys grow but tell me this wasn't something that I had planned to ask but when you guys first met was it hard for you because we've dated the same types of men you know and so was it hard for you that he was so great to you oh huh. no um I, I would say no because uh so my first so jasmine who's now 21 years yeah. old um her dad her, we broke up in 2000 mm-hmm. and i had after that point um and i was already at, at the university um I, I started to think, you know, I'm not going to, my criteria was very minimal. I wanted to date someone that had a car, um, <laughs> that had a, that had a, had an education, yeah. um, and that didn't smoke cigarettes, you know, didn't yeah. sell drugs. And so when I met Bradley, at that point I was single for three years. Mm-hmm. And so when I met Bradley, um, I thought, wow, he has all of these qualities. Yes, mm-hmm. he smoked cigarettes. He quit about five, six years ago at this point. Yeah, you know, I remember. Now. Yeah. Um, uh, he had all of these qualities, and he was attractive, and it was the complete opposite mm-hmm. of the thugs that I used to date. Yeah. And it was it was very intriguing to me, and he was, he was mysterious, and that's what I loved. Yeah, I love that. Well, I ask because for me, it, like, Chad's a – good guy and a nice guy and you know what I mean like I always you know I mean you know some of my exes like they were the straight bad boy the ones that never fell in love but luckily they fell in love with me (laughs) luckily luckily for me (laughs) so then it's and I think it's still part of our hard times that we go through is just because I'm I feel like I'm always like maybe thinking or wondering or I don't know I think it makes you though so much more grateful that to Mm -hmm. have someone that treats you so well because you know how really bad I mean I think we all three have this in common (laughs) Um, so I have a question Um, so I similarly like have always had this dream to write a book Mm -hmm. and my my story seems quite similar to yours I was a little older I was in my early 20s um, but so your husband put these notes out. Was it like a dream that you had told him you had, or how did he know to affirm to, you know, yeah. the universe that you were going to write a book? <laughs> it, it wasn't really, it wasn't a dream. I, I, I never talked to him earlier in our relationship about writing a book. Um, he knew that I love to read though. I've always been a reader. I would, I think I have a post on Facebook. I've, I, you know, in the fourth grade, I would sit on the beanbags in the library and, you know, become entrenched with the characters mm. in the book. So I've, I've, I've always loved reading. Um, and, but the part of being an author didn't really come into play until, you know, a few years ago. Actually, it, it kind of was like this perfect storm of Bradley putting these 
notes together wow. at the same time. At the same time, he was hearing Megan mm-hmm. say, "You need to write a book." Mm, I see. Mm-hmm. So they. So, yeah, my my former friends never because they lived it. Yeah. You know, like I said, you're never you, you're not a prophet in your own land. They know the story. Mm-hmm. They they know who the characters are in my in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so to them, it's it's just my life. But to other people. Um, it's like, wow, you went through this and you came out on the other side. Mm-hmm. You need to share your story. It'll impact other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I so, was going to say we know the same people and the people that used to yeah. be in each other's lives. And that's kind of what I was saying in the beginning is a lot of the people that used to be in your life or my life or our lives or whatever, um, mm-hmm. they might have been there through it, but it's like, they kind of want you to stay there and live in that shit, like live in the misery because they can't get unstuck or whatever. So, um, so it's crabs in the crabs in the bucket. Yeah. So you said that something just clicked with you. Um, you know, at some point, were you did something happen that you were like? Oftentimes, it's just almost impossible to get away from someone. You know, and even especially in a small town. Um, right. You know, I just so you said he ended up in prison, but that wasn't the way you got away from him. You got away from him before that. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yep. So we were together for about two and a half years. Um, we lived together in a few different apartments. I, I was completely isolated from my friends at that point, my family. Um, we, I mean, I, I called the police several times. Mm-hmm. I tried to leave him on several occasions, but I always took him back. Yeah. Uh, and, I, I really thought I loved him. So when people say mm-hmm. dating violence and teenagers, it really touches a nerve in me because domestic violence compared to dating violence um, seems so um, scary. It seems less scarier to say domestic violence than it does to say dating violence because mm-hmm. in my mind, I wasn't dating him. I was in love with this man, mm-hmm. um, even though I was, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, but so as far as leaving, I mean, I try, I tried to leave several times. I mean, there, there were times where I can remember a specific time where I tried to leave, but one of my girlfriends picked me up from work that night and said, he, he, um, he, he's, he's sorry. Um, I'm, and I was saying, I, is he at our house? Cause we live together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, is he at the house? And she's like, no, no. She, she told me no. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't want to go back to him. Um, at that point, you know, we were going back and forth on the ride home. And as soon as I get on the door, he's there. Um, and he starts, beating, he starts beating me and she, this is going to be in my second book, but oh the, so he starts beating me. She gets in the way and she's yelling at him, telling him, um, you told me that you weren't going to do it again. And he said he was going to kill me. He, he takes me into the, he, he takes me into my car he throws me in the back seat. She's in the front seat. She said she's not going without him or without me. So she's in the car. He's barreling down the street. Um, Stephanie, you might know Stoughton. So Stoughton Road, there's this mm-hmm. gas station over on Flom Road. Yeah. He pulls in to get gas. And I um, I frantically push the seat up. Um, and I get out of the car. And I tell the gas station attendant, please call 911. I am going to die. You have to call 911. Mm-hmm. And he that and I, I don't want to say his name because I don't want to mm-hmm. yeah. um, to protect people's identities at this point. Um, but so he ran into the the gas station. And he said, do, "Do not call nine one one. 
um, we're leaving, don't you dare call 911, and he said, no problems, no problems, I don't want any problems, and so I was thrown back into the car, and he took, he was taking me to his sister's house because he wanted his sister to beat me up um, for trying to leave him. Wow. So the only thing that would stop him from kind of make him less, I don't know the word, but kind of calm him down was for me to say, I would, I'll never leave you. I love mm-hmm. you. I'll never leave you. And so that was kind of my go-to is I'll never leave you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I can't tell you what, I, I don't really even, trauma has this way of um, blocking things out of my brain. So mm-hmm. there's, there's stories that my friend, ever since I, I said I was going to write a book, people have come forward with stories, and I I can't recall, and so it, it makes me cry, thinking I can't recall what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. There's people on Facebook who said they friended me just to find me to make sure I was alive, and to me that's like, wow, that's really scary that you thought that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really can't tell you what clicked in my head that one cold winter night that I left. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew that I had to leave. Um, because I, I was going to be beaten so bad for embarrassing him in front, in front of his friends for asking if he was ready to leave one of his friends' house, and he beat me so bad on the way home, and he was about to drop his friend off, and he said, go inside. And at that point, it was about midnight. I called my parents' home phone. Remember, there was no social media. There was no mm-hmm. cell phone. So I, I called my mom, um, who answered, and she picked me up. I lived in these apartments called the Meadows, oh, no. and she picked me up on the other side of the road. It was winter, snowing, and she picked me up. Um, I was hiding in, in the back of this big, huge tree. Um, every car that came by, my heart was pounding out of my chest, thinking that he could see me. Um, but finally, my mom came, um, and then we called the police. I was, I was you know, in bad shape. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, I never went back from there. Uh, so then were you back at your parents? What happened between um, them so and no, court? No, dur- nope. So during that time, um, it was about a four or five month time where I was sleeping. So I got evicted from that apartment we lived at about two weeks later mm-hmm. uh, for not paying rent mm-hmm. and for not going back. So I lost everything that I had in that house. Um, and I ended up sleeping in my car and crashing on people's couches, mm-hmm. um, a few of my girlfriend's couches. I ended up sleeping in one of her walk-in closets for a while. Um, she put a mattress in there, and so I, sleep, I slept in her you know, walk-in closet. Um, and then during this whole time is when his trial was, mm-hmm. and um, so this, the trial happened, um, and that's when I that's when my mom ended up disowning me during during around that time so hmm. yeah <laughs> I know it's like what do you say yeah. I'm I'm so glad to hear that you're that she's back in your life because yeah that's yeah, me too that would be hard to get over too yeah yeah and you know it's it, Bradley's amazing um He's an absolute, you know, blessing in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first met, when I first 
met him and my friend introduced me in 2003. <laughs> um, I have this way of going on CCAP, which is the Wisconsin State. Girl, we all did that. Come on. <laughs> yep. And every single time I met someone, I would look them up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was praying he didn't have anything. So, yeah. Uh, but that was my system of, for meeting guys. I would mm-hmm. make sure that they didn't have anything on CCAP. <laughs> It's crazy, um, but we unfortunately, unfortunately, my ex still does to this day. I'm sure he's still still doing what he's what he did. To yeah, me, right. so. I'm sure. Well, we also just know a lot of people that have a lot. It's like holy cow! Like when I moved out east, and so for a lot of people, you know, that I talk to back home that are still stuck. I mean, there's just still just repeating, repeating every time I go home or yeah. go out for happy hour and you see everyone just trashed yeah. and, you know, can't walk or talk. And, you know, it's like, yep, nothing's changed. Same old thing. Nothing. And it's just so sad. You it come out sad. here and it's like people would never people look at you like, what are you talking about? You know, like when people yeah. you go out to a happy yeah. hour here and there's like. You know, they're like, um, I don't know. I've seen people that seem like they're a little buzzed. And then you hear the bartender being like, maybe you're, you shouldn't have any more. And I'm like, oh God, that would never happen back home. And let, oh, yeah. if you're not sleeping on the bar, you know. Yep. I remember getting into an argument. So this was even before I had personal development, but getting into an argument with one of my girlfriend's boyfriends, um, about gas station attendance. And I said, well, they're not living their best life. I'm sure they didn't try to work, work at a gas station. And he said You're, uh, that I was looking down on them. And I'm like, I'm not looking down on them. Yeah. I want everybody to be able to live their best life. It's yeah. like people are just living day to day and going through the motions here mm-hmm. with, without, you know, becoming that little girl or little boy who had dreams mm-hmm. at one point And somehow along the way, life happened. And then you just live your day to day functions without going back to, you know, wherever that dream, whatever dream you had as a child. And I, I think, you know, we only get one life. Nobody's getting out of here alive. Mm-hmm. And so I had those thoughts way back 10 years ago before I even started personal development. Um, so, I, And I have no idea where that come, came from. But So I got into an argument with him, and I thought, man, is, does he really think this is this is the, the how you live? Yeah. <laughs> People, you know, so, yeah. And you're thinking, God, am I really arguing about it? Right. Why, why am I? Why do I have to argue with someone about something that you shouldn't be arguing? Yeah. About, you know. So. Well, yeah. and I think um, so. On last week's episode, we were talking about faith and all of that, but also, you know, my biggest advice to anybody who is stuck and doesn't know their purpose or doesn't seem to have their passion would be to start personal development because oh yeah when we started our podcast like Kristen is so awesome of writing down all our affirmations and doing all of that and obviously I meditate in the morning and you know we all like have our things but it's a journey and it's a growth and um but when when that all seems very hard for somebody you know uh-huh. personal development I, like you you've got to let other it's like you almost you have to let other people tell you whether it's a book or it's a podcast or it's a a, I guess a meditation or a YouTube video or whatever that is 
you know, and I just love that you and Bradley do that together because that's, that's huge to move in the same momentum together. Right. I couldn't imagine not him not doing personal development. I don't, you know, I wouldn't find that attractive Mm -hmm. at all if he was just living his day to day, going to work and, you know, working his nine to five, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's lost a lot of weight as far as exercising. He's reading a lot. He actually got into personal development before me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what I would do if he, if he also didn't, if he also wasn't into personal development. And you know, you're the five, you're the average of the five people you hang around. So, yep. um, I had to, I had to switch up a little bit. Yeah, girl. Otherwise, I was gonna <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We all. <laughs> Well, I love that. And obviously, the, you know, we've always talked about that. Um, just super duper proud of you. Um, I love to, you guys are always traveling. So Bradley took Jasmine in as his own. He's been an amazing uh-huh. dad to her. But you yep. also have Adela. And um, you guys are living your best life. You, uh, you're traveling all the time. You're showing the girls all over the place, you know. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I think this is really, this is so cool that this is your message because it completely just parallels everything that we're trying to tell everybody mm-hmm. every week. Like don't stay stuck in your shitty life, activate your right. life. That's our whole thing. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it is hard, especially when you just, I mean, things become just so routine and you think right. this is what I was meant for. You know, this is just, I have right. to settle into this and this is the life that mm-hmm. I have and this is what I have to do. But there's so much more and you're in right. so much more control of it than you really think. Than you think. It's hard, it's hard but when you're ingrained as a child to go to school, get good job, you know, get a good grade, get a good job and go to, you know, go to college, you kind of get stuck in your 20s. After you get your bachelor's or whatever, I think that's around the time that people get stuck. Or and not. And they find a job that, <laughs> yeah, or not, or not. And they Sometimes find a you job get stuck till you're really old. Complacent, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This also is interesting to me to hear, too, because uh, yesterday my son turned 16, and it's just something that, you know, was really off my radar and things mm-hmm. that you don't really think about. I know my son has been witness to domestic violence, and that's a huge uh, predictor, you know, for yeah. especially for a boy. And so it's something that I need to think about, you know, as he gets older and starts dating and, you know, all these things to, to just right. be looking for because you just think, oh, my little boy, you know, he's not, you know, but I mean, this is happening right. when kids are this young. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, domestic violence is a learned behavior. So, yeah, doing a lot of talking with him about, you know, self-worth and how to treat people and, yeah. you know, you get what you put out tenfold. So I, I teach about that now at the university. People think that, you know, domestic violence is caused by something. No, it's not. It's not caused by alcohol. It's not caused by mental illness. It is a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. And if it, you know, if it can be learned, yes, it can be unlearned. But the perpetrator, that person needs to want it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Awesome. Yeah. So your call to action I would say yep. you pretty much already said it, but if if there's one thing, I mean, there's so much amazing stuff that came out of this already. Um, what would your call to action be? My call to action would be for everyone 
understand that they have a calling Mm -hmm. and it's just a matter of connecting their dots and to really look at their life as a as a book as a story and they don't have to be stuck at chapter one and that Mm -hmm. they can move on to the next chapter love it i love that too that's great yeah yay okay so tell people how they can how can we get our hands on your book yes sure so you can go to i am terry T-E-R-I dot com. You can also find me on Facebook and connect with me there, Terry Thomas, T-E-R-I Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, Instagram at Teresa, T-E-R-E-S-A dot J dot Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S. Yay. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was so nice to thank meet you, you, and it was so inspiring yes. to hear your story. So thank you so, you so both. much. Yeah, Thank girl. You so much. Thank you. It was awesome, and I can't wait to get the book. All right. Well, special thank you to Terry Thomas. That was a really amazing conversation. Yeah. I, I didn't know what to expect going in. I haven't gotten a chance to read the book, but I'm very mm-hmm. excited to read the book. It's um, amazing to me how much. Um, her story parallels mine and yeah. yours. I mean, we just kept looking at each other like, yep, <laughs> been, there. been there. Yep, <laughs> know exactly what she's talking mm-hmm. about. And I just loved her message. You know, yeah. her message is our message. Yeah, it's our. And, you know, just uh, she's uh, the test and the testimony and the mm-hmm. let your mess be your message. I mean, it's just I love that she's willing to share that part of her story. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it was great. I do, too. Yeah. I appreciate her being here with us. Um, and I think our first call in crossed, crossed my yeah. fingers, uh, it was went awesome. well, which means any of you other, yeah. want to call awesome in some people want to call in. Yeah. So I think what we're going to do is Steph and I have our own thoughts and our own stories and our own experiences mm-hmm. on this, uh, topic of domestic violence. Uh, so we're going to continue the conversation next week. Yeah. Um, so if you'd like to hear sort of maybe our takeaways and our own personal experiences, then you will pop on in next next week week. and not sure how this is supposed to work, but we're not allowed on social media today. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, hopefully you're listening to this really early. (laughs) Yeah. We'll do a lot of pictures tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Tonight for tomorrow, which is tomorrow for Tuesday. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. All right, awesome. Yay. So everybody go out, order the book. I mean, it sounds like an amazing... I am Awesome. Yep. All right. Awesome. Later. Bye, guys.